Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we're going to be very brave and explore some ideas around communication, but particularly around accurate speaking. This is a hobby horse of mine at the moment, and it's about making sure that when you are talking about specific things, that you don't drift into generalities, so that you don't use the terms like it always happens this way. Let's say the weather. The weather forecast today said that, for me, that it was going to be very windy. And so I, I brought a jacket along with me and that hasn't eventuated. Now I could, and as most people do, revert back and say, oh, that's always the case. They always get it wrong. The weather report's never right. And that's just not accurate. And it sets up a precedent that you unconsciously think about a situation in the wrong way. But that said, we always still go back to the weather report. We always still look at it. We've probably all got apps on our phones that tell us what the weather's going to be like or the temperature or whatever else it is. And we do make decisions based on that information. So if our knee-jerk reaction is something that is less than accurate when we're talking about things that don't fit into that category, how can we improve our communication so that that it is more accurate because whilst that is a, a light-hearted example, in the, a business sense, in, in a work sense, you can get very detrimental reactions if you are not accurate in your speaking about a work situation. It might be that you're waiting on a particular report to finish an activity and it's a day late. And if you say in, to the team, oh, they're always late, what are you saying? about that other group, about their work ethics, what impression are you creating about another group of people by not speaking accurately? If it is accurate, if they are always late, then the thing to say is, I wonder why they are always late. Because you're still saying the same thing, but you're putting a different spin on that expression of your frustration. And it, that's what it is. It's an expression of your frustration. Do you have the right? to express that to the team. No, you don't. All you can say is the report is not here. The accurate speaking in this situation is the report is not yet available. I will find out when it will be available now, even though it has not met our deadline. I wonder why that it is always late. Now that's the accurate speech and that gives the rest of the team and you a different way of approaching the situation. And so the accurate speaking actually can work better for you. The non-accurate speech is lazy, it's not thinking about a situation, it's just going with whatever is the accepted current idea or the easiest thing to say without actually thinking about the situation and that's lazy. It's lazy in terms of your work ethic, it's lazy in terms of your team and it's lazy in terms of anyone else that it relates to. It's also irresponsible because you've covered the bit where you're creating a negative image of that area that's giving you that report but what you're also doing you're setting your team to go in the wrong direction by saying that I'll be sitting here saying oh my boss knows what she's talking about and in that case is oh they'll always be late so I'll either allow more time or I'll give them a different deadline so I'll start working as if this is gospel and fact and and therefore it could lead me to create make it a worse problem or it could 
magnelasia in, in whatever it is. I like the idea of saying is the way you rephrased it, but I also to be accurate, you could say, look, I've only used them twice and both times they were late. I haven't had a chance to find out why. That's fine because it's twice. So anybody listening saying, no, they're always late. It's a completely different impression. And in fact, if, if they had been late on previous occasions, you should really have found out why. why? Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. to be really accurate, you could say, well, they were late last time because of this. Yes. They were late the time before because of this. And again, that even that starts to engender a different idea about, well, maybe there's a reason. And so it's a bit more positive about yeah. why it's late rather than, oh, it's late and you throw your hands in the air and it's going to ruin the rest of all of the, our timeline and the things that we had to do. In a more general sense, communication-wise, we know that what we hear and what we process and understand can often be two very different things. And you know that that's the case in your own personal lives. You know that you tell your children one thing and they'll just do something else because they're processing it in a different way. They're processing it in terms of their environment and their understanding. And that is no different in a work situation. So we need to really think about how we communicate, what we're communicating, and making sure that what we communicate is being understood the way we want it to be understood. And if it's not, that we we explore that a little bit further. That's important because then you get the right outcome. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to you about this because, or I want to share this information because I want you to do something with it. And if I don't clarify and make sure that you heard what I said the way I want, I'll get the wrong outcome. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the danger of not communicating accurately. So if you say, oh, can you give me yeah, I need that as soon as possible. Well, that's a bit loose. As soon as possible, mm. somebody could say, well, two days. Mm. Why two days? It's because everybody knows that this process takes two days. But the person that asked for it said as soon as possible, meaning in the next hour. Say that. So yes. then the person had the opportunity to say, it's not possible I can get this much in an hour or I can do this and double check. It's being heard and knowing that you've been heard and we're both talking about the same thing because most of the time, like you said, what I'm saying is in my head or I find that when you're telling people direction, you'll say, oh no, it's on the left-hand side. Okay, but which direction you're coming from? You know, oh, no, no, what's better with directions is you'll say things like my, my eldest boy is at me all the time because I'll say, oh, it's, you just go down this road and turn at the corner where the service station used to be. And he'll look at me and say, how long ago was it used to be? And I'll yeah. say, oh, 20, 30 years. And he said, well, I'm only 35. Well, how would I have seen it? So if you don't double-check your accuracy, you will end up in the wrong place. I do have another story. I have to be even-handed with my two children. So my youngest son, I think I've told the story before, he answered a, a question for a, a maths exam once. The, the points that he got for this answer meant that he topped the class. But it's a case in point here is that the question was about a book and the teacher obviously wanted you to work out how many pages were in the book by, by working out what the equation was for the information that was given. And rather than do that, his answer was, this book has a lot of pages. 
And, and if you know this man, now he is, then you would know that's yeah. exactly him. Yeah. But the teacher, to her credit, gave him mm. points because he wasn't wrong. No. The book did have a lot of pages. Yeah. It wasn't the answer that she was looking for, but, but, an answer. but he answered the question that she asked. Yes. With communication, and I, I don't want to sort of create another topic here, but accuracy can come with verbal and non-verbal communication. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you're asking me, so you really think it's a good idea, and I I had a really negative look on my face, my arms are folded. And you and sit I'm back in the chair. I'm sitting back <laughs> in the chair with a really negative attitude, but said, oh, absolutely, 100%. Well, that's not accurate because my body language is saying not on your life and then my verbal communication is saying definitely. And again, we often do that and then we wonder why people either didn't respect what we said or didn't hear what we said because said, no, 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 she's smiling and all that, but she's really anti it or vice versa. Again, be, be careful of your combined because a lot of communication as we know most of it is non-verbal or it's a single word at home i'm banned from using the word fabulous because apparently i have to take this as true that if i'm asked how i am and i'm frustrated or angry or irritated or not having the best day and i'll say fabulous in a certain tone of voice and they all know that this means don't go near her but unfortunately <laughs> it's interesting and unfortunate for them as well. But it's interesting that it has been a real struggle for me not to say that word, not to use that word. And it's obviously my automatic reaction. It's my way of not snapping at them and saying, just leave me alone. But it, it sends the message that really this is not a time to be interacting with me at all. Yeah. But in this case, they understand what fabulous means they and not the, the literal. <laughs> yes, not the literal meaning. It's, it's that. Another similar example, somebody I know, they either sweltering or freezing. There is nothing in between. <laughs> Neither of those statements are accurate for the climate, if you like. So, again, if you say, I'm sweltering, that means somebody needs to do something drastic about the air conditioning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you're freezing, bring out something very warm. We talked mostly about verbal communication, but the written communication is yes. as important. So we'll talk a little bit about that now. A written communication, many organisations have a style manual. Mm -hmm. And so there's a set way that you communicate internally as well as externally and the words that you use. We still need to be mindful, particularly, I think, with email and with the... And text. Or, a text, whatever, one, whatever you use within mm -hmm. the office, that is yeah. your in, intra-office communication devices, that we don't fall into the same patterns, that you don't use the acronyms. There is grammar and there is punctuation. Please, there is punctuation. Please use it. Email is electronic mail. Mm. It's a letter. It's not... A text message think about the appropriateness and probably I guess in some senses you can be a bit more accurate with those forms of, of communication because we're taught to be a bit more accurate because we're restricted by the length of a text message not so much the email although I think we moving into a, an environment where we don't read a long email we'll mm -hmm. just look for 
yeah. what's the main yeah. point. Yeah. And I know from my own experience that if you ask two questions in an email, only one will get answered. <laughs> it just seems to be what happens. So if you have to communicate more than one thing in an email, make sure you put it in in okay. numbered point fashion so that people can respond the same yeah. way. They, you know, we, we're conditioned to follow a path if a path is there. That's my take on the, the written communication side of things. And if you're looking at, we're talking about accuracy here, and whilst we can laugh mm. about grammar and punctuations, I think it can give you a completely different meaning. And yeah. I have been caught a couple of times where I was texting people and I haven't read it before I press send or accidentally press, you, you know, when you press, you want to go to the next line, sort of, but you end up sending it. And it was completely different to what, what I'm trying to say. And so very, very, much, yeah, very, very much the case with predictive text as yes, well. that's what happened. I actually got one this morning where someone was asking me if I was on the train yet and it actually said, are you a twin yet? <laughs> and I said, oh, so I just wrote back and said, no, I'm not a twin, but I am on the train. <laughs> is that what you were asking? Yes, I think we've all got stories in that case. But it, it is something to be aware of, and it's not something that you want to happen in a business sense. That's you know, right. there, there are situations where you can't laugh at it, you can't come back from that. what that situation causes. Accurate speaking, I think we'll leave you to think about that. There are a number of very good uh, TED Talks and books about it. If you're interested in those, just drop us a line and we'll send you the links for those. For now, I'm Kim Valley, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. <laughs>